Hello, podcast listeners and anime fans. This is Torin. And this is Andrew. And the episode today is all about how a realist hero rebuilt the kingdom. It's another Isekai. I'm starting to wonder if we should uh, rename the show. <laughs> yeah, he's just talking about Isekais all, the whole time. <laughs> um, for those who have not I mean, watched it, though, it is available on Funimation to watch. Uh, but we're going to kind of break away again, like we did with Flying Witch. And if you like to watch ahead, the next show that we're actually covering is Comey Can't Communicate. Because I like it so on much. Netflix. Yeah, which is on Netflix. And uh, I like it so much that I'm kind of making sure we do it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's great. So we don't have to really discuss yeah. on, like, uh, do we, do we not want to do this episode? Yeah, but just... Nope, ended, it's, it's up there. Just ended this last season and we want to rewatch it again already. So... Uh, as per usual, this is a spoiler cast, so uh, if you have not seen How a Realist Rebuilt the Kingdom and you don't want spoilers, uh, go watch it and then I guess come back. Uh, or if you just don't care, then fine. Uh, we're going to talk about it. So Yeah, there's a lot of spoilers because a lot of stuff happens and we wrote a lot yeah. of notes. Yeah, there's there's this one definitely has spoilers. I think you could still enjoy it without, with like knowing them. Because I think second time around it yeah. wasn't uh, necessarily less enjoyable. But uh, there is a lot of reveals. With that, though, um, Andrew, what's your uh, rating and slogan? I gave it a 7 out of 10. And it is a show where they, the characters all have secret plots that they don't tell you about until they show you on screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a lot of the show. Uh, personally... I have the slogan that realist hero takes a classic isekai story of an overpowered main character being summoned to another world, but then shifts the battlefield to that of a bureaucrat. This manages to keep things fresh while though fail or sorry, I messed that up. This manages to keep things fresh, though fails at taking full advantage of that premise. Seven out of 10. So I also enjoyed it a good amount. So, uh, not over the moon yeah. about it, but thoroughly enjoyed it. So, yeah. For those of you who uh, maybe have not watched it since it aired two seasons ago, um, Kazuya Soma, after the death of his last remaining relative, while studying to be a civil servant, finds himself summoned to the Elfriedan Kingdom. The kingdom is a small country in dire straits that performed the hero rite of summoning as a last resort. In a survival attempt, Kazuya plans to help the country through radical administrative reforms and quickly finds himself given the crown and princess's hand in marriage. Despite this abrupt change, Kazuya fights his bureaucratic fight to turn the country around into a country that can stand alone, all while building out his harem. I yeah. hate, I hate that it's a harem. I do too. It was unnecessary. It's absolutely totally. unnecessary. Totally. And they I, this is we're already getting into nitpicks. Yes, because <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, I had to put it at the end there because they they go too pretty hard into it. Um, sure. Yeah, but uh, leave the nitpicks for the end. To save that for the end. No, there's still plenty good to talk about. We both liked it. So let's uh, let's start right away into the world building because obviously with most guys, this is a large part where they try to stand apart is to have an interesting world. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, to get a bit into that, and one of the things to talk about first is uh, the way they structure races in this. So they have mankind, and they have beasts and monsters, uh, and then you have dragons being their own thing. Well, demons are a, a, a type of uh, monster. monster. 
So they're monsters well, that they're... are under intellectual or have like some sort of intelligence. Yeah, they they mention it in one of the episodes that like demons. Well, yeah, are... yeah, they they talk about how monsters and demons are the same because they they can't talk. But then spoilers. Uh... Yeah, apparently they can't. But yeah, they mention how demons are differentiated from monsters because they have some sort of intelligence being part of the demon lord's army. Mm-hmm. Like they mentioned how they have some sort of structure for combat and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, so mankind, they specify are humans, elves, beastmen, and dragon newts. So it's kind of interesting because, yeah, we would not put, say, dragon newts necessarily in there. Um, or like dragonborn type. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that that premise is there. That's like that they're a... all humans. I think they, they classified it as we all speak the same language because reasons. Yeah. Uh, beasts are part of the ecosystem, therefore not monsters. The example they give is slimes. Slimes are just beasts, uh, mm-hmm. which is very interesting too, that like this idea of what we would consider monsters are not. So it makes, makes it a little weird. They, I really wish they would delve into that more. Like mm-hmm. had Kazuya encounter a a beast that he would think is a monster, uh, right? Like a a giant boar with a horn or something. And like, oh, it's a monster. No, it's a, just a beast. It's a standard beast. We yeah, see these all the time. It's like their version of just a wild boar or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it looks crazy. I really wish they would have played that a little bit. Like had that entire talk actually about what are beasts and monsters. I think that was I one. Bet, I bet there was a whole chapter in the light novel because I know there was a light novel and I know. It covered a lot of stuff, but that got skimmed over in the anime, but whatever. Yeah, because I, I kind of appreciate in the anime how stuff like this, they just put at the beginning. Like, usually before the intro, they would give you... Uh, Some kind world of a, building. Yeah, an info dump the... world building. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was relevant to that episode. So I think that was one of those that they just stuck at the beginning. It's like, hey, this is what mankind is. This is what beast are. This is what monsters yes. are. Um, it was kind of a an interesting twist on things a little bit how it's not super identical mm-hmm. there is a unique aspect to how they classified things um i don't know if there was anything you found interesting about that premise because i think we're going to see more about that later i tend to enjoy the world building as it's happening rather than like realize it afterwards and or write notes about it yeah so yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about magic, though, because this is another one in this world that actually is kind of glossed over for being yeah, like this guy. They they mention his ability to is classified as shadow or darkness um, because it doesn't fall under the other classifications of like four elements plus what was the last one? Light. So there's six total elements. You have. Uh, Oh, man. What's funny is I actually have a note that listed them, and then I didn't put it in these notes because I didn't think it would come up. Uh, you had earth, fire, water, air, light, and dark. So Okay, so I was right. It was light. And- yeah, light was healing. All light magic apparently is healing magic. Um, mm. And then every other thing is a specific thing. And then darkness, yeah, is anything does that does not fit one of the other categories is dark. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because they also visually show it as purple. So it's like, yeah, I think they just wanted to associate the two because, yeah, darkness and purple. If you, uh, if you change the color, then people will get confused because people are stupid. It is interesting, though, that uh, when you think about, uh, I kind of want to talk more about his powers in, in a second, but 
when you think about his power, it makes you wonder what other dark magic might be in that world. Because mm -hmm. it's a see, pretty... see some other examples of dark magic. You yeah. don't even really see that many examples of other any magics, really. Yeah, they you get told about them, but it really does take a backseat. Like we just see in some of the combat scenes and stuff, like just people shooting elements in essence. Um, we pretty much, I don't think, see magic at all outside of combat. I think that's the only time. No, they talk nobody, about it. Nobody uses it particularly well. Yeah, they talk about like earth magic being used to help build the roads and stuff, but I don't think we ever actually see it being done. No. Yeah. So it is very weird that we're in a fantasy world and magic really does take a backseat. But it is cool how they also show how in a magic world, technology would not be how the way we expect. And I did appreciate right. that. Yeah, and they do spend some time explaining that as a, as a world building device because like we they've got lighting and uh, cooking material, uh, cooking things, but that's fire magic. And they have ships with made of iron, but they're towed by dragons instead of any kind of propulsion system. Yeah, it's like, why do you need an engine when you have beasts and creatures that are more than strong enough to do what the engine would do anyway? Now, the real answer is because then you don't have then to raise you don't have beasts. To spend, yeah, you don't have to spend 10 years raising a sea yeah. dragon, basically. I think another, but this also, I guess, is part of uh, us looking back on their technology. Because the, the example that I found not quite right but i can kind of see being right is that they do not have firearms and the reason they don't have firearms is they have middle range magic mm -hmm. so why why shoot a, a a bullet when you can shoot a fireball at someone and it's like well the answer is uh for 10th generation firearms where you have a sniper rifle yeah it's silent like Good luck shooting yeah. your magic. <laughs> or or the, the you've been exhausted because you've been fighting for six hours. Yeah. Or alternatively, uh, I brought this water mage to this earth battlefield. And all I can do is provide water for everyone else. Yeah. So let me give him let me give him a firearm. So it's like not quite right, but it when you stop and think about it it's like well they would have to start somewhere and where they would start would be so much worse than middle age or like middle ground magic that mm -hmm. uh, you could see why maybe you, someone didn't invest much further into it yeah you you start at a level 10 and then or, or you start your magic at level 10 but your firearms start at level one so you might as well just keep using the level 10 even though the firearms have a higher level cap yeah, I did find interesting how they have uh, cannons and they were talking about cannons like, you know, out at sea, um, magic is odd. So like cannons mm -hmm. make sense for ships, um, right. which is nifty. And then they show them using the cannons against the fortress walls. Right, but they only have three to the point where it was a huge loss to have lost those three cannons. But it, it also makes me wonder, okay, so is cannons technically still stronger? Like, is, does no one have magic that would hit a wall as hard as a cannon? I and, think it has something to do with, like, anti-magic defenses and stuff Oh, true. Like, they, like, a cannonball still hits the side of the wall. I, I, yeah, I did just forget there that they did mention they have anti-magic, and the cannon, therefore, uh, wouldn't, you know... Would just break right through. Other than the fact that he used a 2 by 4 construction system with... Roman concrete, so I actually don't know that those cannons would have got through anytime soon by the 
way they were animating it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looked like a pretty thick wall. Um, yeah, the the world I think they did a pretty good job with the conflict that they have going on was a unique take on the like whole dragon king or dragon lord or sorry demon king slash demon lord attacking. Mm -hmm. Normally yeah, you'd, you'd be on the front lines. The hero of yeah, you you send the hero out to. Defeat the Demon King with his party of uh, four, four to five people. Yeah, and this time it's like, okay, no, they're in a country that's not on that front engagement, and we just have to deal with the politics of that engagement happening off in the distance, right. which it's really nice to change a pace. Um, so let's, since we're kind of getting into it a little bit already, let's transition over to talking about various characters and whether or not there's character development. Um, obviously we should probably start right away with Kazuya, Soma. I don't, I don't think there's character development in any of the, uh, any particular movement. I mean, you show that he, uh, gets, he's getting to a breaking point when he's dealing with like all of the stress he's under, but I don't think he grows from that. He yeah. just kind of ignores it. And the I episode ends on that. I know I'm jumping way ahead. I assume you had something to lead into that. Uh, I, I, for the most part, agree with you. There's just a few things with him uh, that I want to talk about, but in general, I kind of agree with you. So uh, right away, his plan was to be a local civil servant. I'm I actually didn't double check. I'm assuming he's college. Yes, I believe he was in college. Yeah, it, it, it seems like college. I don't know that they ever directly address it, but uh, it seems like he was in college. Um. So it's like, okay, he would kind of understand the structures and stuff that he's implementing. If he was studying mm -hmm. At least from servant. modern Japan. Though he references, uh, I think Machiavelli is... Machiavelli's the prince. Prince, yeah. like, in the first episode, and... He references it four wrong. times, I think. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I didn't keep track, but I think he references it, like, 30 times in the first book of the light novel. <laughs> Yeah, I actually uh, listened to some of it. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I was like, I got to find out. I got to look into it a little bit because the in, in essence, the story is his story and his thoughts are the prince. Like it is mm -hmm. straight up. He's implementing yeah. what I, Mike, um, Machiavelli taught in the prince. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I want to hear some of this. And yeah, it's straight up pretty much follows that rule the idea that okay if you're uh so in essence for those of you who don't know uh, Machiavelli's story I believe is from the uh, 1600s um it was a dude who wrote a book all about how to run a principality so if you're a prince how to run your country type thing it was just a guidebook for like new princes which is kind of funny to think about that back then someone wrote a how-to guide how to be a prince yeah. um and the entire book is he lays down a principle and then he shows examples from real life back then. Like he'd sit there and be like, okay, if you're, if you're a prince who just invaded a new country and that new country has a culture that's similar to yours, then you're more likely to hold that country. Here's an example of like this country that took over this other like city state. Um, and like why it was easy for them to hold it was because their citizens could interact easily. Like they had the same similar mm -hmm. culture, similar religion. It's like, okay, well, if you invade a country or city-state and you don't have a similar culture or similar language, it is very hard for you to control it. Therefore, 
it is better that you as the prince reside in that said city state because it's going to be easier for you to control it as you like try to assimilate and it was just a giant story about how do you control it and it makes sense because mm -hmm. kazuya actually if you notice follows a lot of these principles it's like okay I, when they took I, over amadonia he's sitting in van like helping to the, set it, it up yeah. and uh and, and yeah managing his country his country remotely while dealing with the the occupied country there because they would definitely rebel or something. They're basically a war state all the time. Yeah, they're, I mean, they are a country based on war. And that's where you see those principles come through of like, okay, he gets in there and what's the first thing he does is he, he tries to put the domestic affairs and the people first. It's like, okay, lower mm -hmm. taxes. That was another thing he mentions about taxes when taking over city states and stuff. So like he lowers taxes, ups the distribution, and then gives them like the freedom that they didn't have before. He's like lets them express themselves. So he tries to make the people happy. And they even mentioned, like, uh, I think Rorora mentions it. It's like, no one's going to take this from him. Like, he gave yeah. these people their freedom. No one can take this country from him. Even if they do, the people will just rise up and they'll want him back. Right. Yeah. He, 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 in an easy way to show it, he's, he's basically gained control of the country entirely. We kind of go into, yeah, you said you don't think he has much development. I kind of agree, but there's a few moments where I think they attempt to give him development. Um, one of those, I think, was his breakdown about, or his feeling of being a neglectful king about mm -hmm. setting up for emergencies and disasters. Right. Yeah, we, that was what I was referencing in the beginning of this. Yeah. I don't agree with him though and i also don't think it developed his character at all no because um, i mean he didn't go into the next episode talking about all of the changes and reforms he added in result to the issue they just kind of move on well now also don't show like say anyone like every single person supported him it was only him who thought that he didn't do something right mm -hmm. i think it'd be different if say uh, people were blaming him for not being ready for it, or if if no. he had to get yeah, if if people were blaming for it, he'd have a reason for that. But you got to think in the time period approximate that this would be, the kingdom would show up like three weeks later, and everybody who lived would have lived, and everyone who died would have died. There would be no like rescue attempt. Yeah, and that's but I think that's why it doesn't really develop him as a character because it's just him saying, oh, I should have done more. Um, mm -hmm. I guess with, maybe it's... With short. medieval transport abilities and tra conversation of, or, uh, communications. Yeah, and I think the other reason it makes it hard to believe that he changed it all is we don't see, we don't see a payoff. We don't see like later him, like another emergency happen and he's immediately on it. Like, you know, everything's right. set up initiates now that might happen in later seasons that there's another emergency but you, you don't mean you mean a tsunami yeah maybe a tsunami maybe they, a they planned for or earthquake yes maybe one of those i'm 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 guessing that's a foreshadow if it's yeah. not i don't know whatever <laughs> yeah yeah you just do nothing on this foreshadow that you built a city on a difference yeah you 
move the city to a different spot and you are changing the plan of how you build the city to account for earthquakes. I'm expecting an earthquake. Maybe the tsunami won't be a big deal because no one lives in that water plane because of yeah, I mean, it, it would still probably flood a little bit, but it would, and it would rain a lot, but I wouldn't imagine you would. It might impact shipping or something, but yeah. uh, I would imagine an earthquake's probably coming at some point because they foreshadow it. Uh, so the other, the only other time I see some sort of development, maybe they're trying to pull is when he is on the battlefield and he questions whether he's become a charlatan. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't get where he's going with that. So, I mean, yeah, it's difficult to get because I think the way they wrote it is awkward for the anime, like the, the way he talks, but in essence, what he was saying was that he, at that moment, like with the war and everything, he's pretending to be a king despite not being a king. Like he's, he's using numbers to find out, okay, these engagements, oh. we're going to be positive on, you know, we're going to win because like we're going to lose people, but it's 20% of our people. So we'll I think, I, Okay, yeah. I get it now. thinks he's a charlatan because he is a king and he's acting like a king. He just tells everyone he's not a king and he doesn't mentally think he's a king. So he's a charlatan because he's faking not being a king despite doing all of the things that what a king would do. Yeah, it's it's I think they're trying to show that he throughout this time has taken up the king's role like to its fullest. And mm -hmm. he's getting to the point where now he's you know determining people's lives by numbers, which is it's what war a lot of the times is, is determining by numbers at the level at least. So and he feels like a charlatan because, like you said, he he in fully is a king, but he keeps mentally not thinking he is and telling people that he's not really a king. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think they're trying to show development there. The problem is I see I see the Kazuya on day four being able to do everything the Kazuya at the end of it can do. Like I don't see any change in mentality or philosophy or skill i mean he gains magic but like he just does that to be be better at the thing at he doesn't really yeah. at paperwork he doesn't become mentally better now which uh, uh real quick with that magic because we we mentioned we were going to talk about it a bit earlier um very interesting because he can copy his conscience into an object which is very unique so yeah right away he's like oh i can control three quills have three different, literally four me's doing paperwork. Mm -hmm. It's cool. But then he finds out uh, the object that he puts his conscious into, he can absorb its senses. There we go. It's like he has at one point the object reading a book and then he mm -hmm. can just know what it's reading. Or at one point he has the little mouse one that goes around and tries to find people that are hurt. Yes. Which is like, okay, this is weird. He can apparently swap conscience. So like the conscious in his body can swap with one of the ones it's the items therefore he mm -hmm. like doesn't technically have to like he sleeps but doesn't sleep yeah um which is weird and then uh he can control like a dummy which makes sense like he has his his little adventure um and yeah. then he has the dummy that he uses to fire the cannons in the ship uh crazy a kind of a funny power kind of overpowered um for what he's like yeah. oh i don't know what this is good for oh i can do paperwork and then all of a sudden it's like yeah he's just learning your abilities 
yeah the the dummy can fight like really well so yeah okay um that's the thing is he you don't see this you also don't see that power i think become anything unique yeah it's just yeah he mentally doesn't seem to really change at all emotionally you you have your different ways that you can have a hero uh expand one is um a call to action so like it's someone who's inactive and then they have to become active to accomplish something he right away goes about fixing the country on it immediately and he's you see him being a bookworm and stuff outside of this world so like he's already someone who is active at doing things for the most part yeah um so it's he not, was it's not like jobless where he was locked in his room he was like actively becoming a productive member of society yeah uh so he he doesn't need to become active he doesn't need to gain any sort of uh power or um grow stronger in any way like physically or mentally for the most part mm-hmm. he stays kind of as is um like there's there's really no thing for him to get better at and the whole uh premise is the whole family thing but it's not that he yeah, was opposed I mean, to a family before right no he, he just he was working on his career and then he was going to find a family like a good japanese man yeah and he just he just got now he's both. just going to start yeah now he's going to start a family in this world uh, and yeah, I don't see him develop. And the, I think the part that also bugs me is, um, he doesn't necessarily have to develop. Your main character doesn't necessarily have to develop. You can develop through side characters, um, mm-hmm. and have the main character be an anchor. Uh, but the problem is like the side characters that I think they could have developed well, they didn't like, uh, Lucia, Lucia, I don't know, whatever the princess's name is. I can't pronounce it. Lucia, yeah. I think is how it is. Um, I would have loved... Sure. For them to develop her because i think that could have been really interesting even if they didn't develop him because he teaches her all this stuff about like how to be a better ruler mm-hmm. like almost right away he's like hey you know this is why you guys have a food crisis this is how you solve this or that and he teaches all this stuff um but they but the, never the show isn't focused around her so she just learns these things and then does nothing with them yeah they should approximately they should have shown her use that information i think that would have been a great way mm-hmm. to develop her at least get some development where at some point she solves an issue that either he couldn't or that he wasn't there for like you see her use that knowledge that he instilled to resolve an issue without him um i think that the only development really nice. we get from her is oh i actually like him now as opposed to when i when did she not in... when did she not that's the annoying part episode yeah. two Episode, episode two, two, she's like totally cool with him. Episode least. two, she asks if he had a girlfriend. That's true. It's like, ah, come on. There was there. She, she was just uh, upset that she got uh, uh, engage, uh, engaged against her will while she wasn't there. And then she met the guy and he's like, all right. <laughs> she's I, like, okay, this is, he's all right. I don't even know if she was upset about that. It seemed more like she was like, oh, he took over the country. Like she thought... Yeah, that was the bigger problem. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no, what about my parents? Like, did he yeah. ruin them or something? No. Oh, yeah. oh, wait, this is by their own will? Okay. And then the dad and mom are like, hey, you don't, you don't have hate, to marry him. Two. I hate the, the, the king and queen. The yeah. king is so useless. He is. Well, I, 
And I know, I know they mentioned that the queen was the actual power behind the throne, but like, you don't see her. I, w- I wish they would have shown us that. Like all you, the only thing you get from her is she has that all knowing stare. The like, I'm yeah. powerful. I'm in control and, stare. Yeah. And the smirk. Yeah. And that's it. Like you don't, you don't get anything else from her. They should, they should have delved a bit into that. Like had her, um, like feel out Kazuya or something like had her ask some questions or mm-hmm. kind of feel him out and get an idea. But no, it's just, she observes while staring at him. And then apparently, Oh, she must've been the one that approved it. Cause she's the one in control. Yeah. But yeah, both, both the parents were like, Hey, yo, you don't have to marry him. We, we like said you're engaged, but if you don't want to, you don't have to. The romance and harem side was kind of annoying because like I said, episode <coughs> two, you knew she already liked him. Mm-hmm. And the entire rest of the show is just her being jealous of like all the other girls that show up. Um, yeah. That's kind of frustrating. Uh, what do you think though about her cutting her hair off to show resolve? I don't like that trope. I hate the cutting hair off to show resolve trope. It's so dumb. I think, I think it yeah. has something. I think it's some historical Japanese drama thing where like you cut your hair, your um, top knot. Yeah top knot off to show resolve but it's always women cutting their long hair off to show resolve in anime yeah and i mean i think a lot of it stems from the idea that like you're supposed to grow your hair out um and it's supposed to show i i don't want to get too far into it because i'm sure i'm not quite right but the idea is i know it's supposed to be like a big thing against your client if you cut off your top knot um so yeah it's the part that bugs me is it almost felt like they were trying to develop her character doing that. But the problem was yeah, she just, it falls completely flat. Yeah. <laughs> she just does. She's like, wait, before you end this, uh, this zoom call, let me cut off my hair real quick yeah. and show it to you. And he just goes, mm. it's, it's annoying because it's almost like they did it to show that she like fully supports Kazuya. But the mm-hmm. problem was it was unprompted. It's not like, uh, it's not like Carmine sat there and like pressured her to be like, oh, you're, you're not really, you don't really like him. He must be dominating you, controlling you. Like, like you're a slave to him. It's not like yeah. he pressured her to have to show her resolve to back right. up Kazuya. And they kind of showed it with her being like, well, if it was between him or my father, I would pick him. But they didn't create a suspense that that would then like release, like attention for that to release, um, to show her resolve. And yeah, it was just, hey, you know, out of nowhere, let me show you that I really like Kazuya. Cut my hair off. <laughs> Carmine just goes, It doesn't okay. matter at all, because spoilers, Carmine was on their side the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember that he was, but my brain forgot that she literally finds out right before that call. So she knew right. that he yeah, was on knew. their side. <laughs> So who is she showing off to? I have no idea. Because the the dragon newt guy whose name I've forgotten but wrote down somewhere. Baras was already gone. Yeah. Yeah, he'd already gone. And um, the the other lady uh, was on their side the whole time. Yeah, and I'm sure she knew that one. If if he mentioned that Carmine was, like, working for them, I'm sure mm-hmm. he mentioned that Walter was work, uh, working for them. So, like, right? Why? There was Why? literally no, no reason. <laughs> oh, and this is supposed to show her result. Uh, like I said, it's the only thing I can point to where it's like, they must have tried to develop her a little bit there. 
but it completely falls flat. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, whatever. Speaking of, uh, some of the Dukes and stuff though, what do you think of Carmine and this whole plot thing? I like that Carmine was like, I'm going to tank all of these corrupt nobles because I can see what you're doing. Um, I think that all, both of them could have been smarter and just sent a representative to figure out if this new King Kasia is a crazy person or not. Yeah. They just don't interact with him at all. Well, the, the, with one exception. Uh, Walter does, because Walter well, sent Juna. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. The other two could have done something similar. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the only issue I have with Carmine's plot. Like, I, I like the idea that he's, he's like, okay, I think I can leave the country in your hands. You seem okay. So I'm going to uh, draw out all the corruption in one mm -hmm. place for you. But yeah, I really wish they would have shown either a flashback or had Carmine talk to him about why he recognized what he was doing and trusted him because they never they never talk about it it's yeah. it's just like oh carmine is doing this to help you but why what did carmine see what like yeah, why he never met him he, he he just noticed that he threw out a bunch of corrupt nobles and he's like i'm gonna throw my weight entirely behind that guy <laughs> yeah it's like i really wish they would have done something like Carmine in essence was just a thing until like the last few episodes and they didn't really develop out who he was. <clears throat> like you're supposed to understand that he's a, an old war hero type person. Like he's, yeah. he's just a strong warrior that's super devoted to the country. Um, but I want to know more about why I want to like know why yeah, he would I trust mean, the country to him. Alternatively, uh, a scene where he gets told that he's dying of, whatever fantasy cancer and he's going to die in a couple of months. So he wants to go out on the battlefield and yada, yada. Yeah. Then uh, start a war, start a rebellion. That's that, that actually, that would have been a nice idea too, is, um, you, you know, a dying wish or, cause that's the thing is despite his entire plot, they were like, Oh, he's, he's, a uh, uh, giving himself up. Like he's going to be seen as a traitor. He's going to have to be punished as a traitor. Right. Uh, and yeah, giving him some reason why he'd be willing to go that far would have been really nice. They're trying to make the idea that he's old at this point anyway, so he gets to have like one last battle and... Yeah, except he's like super ripped and doesn't look old at all. <laughs> yeah, they just keep calling him old. And it's like, it'd be nice to show that, like either um, show his age, maybe having him like trip up or something, like not seeming super strong or mm -hmm. yeah, maybe some sort of disease or where he's... He he has a full head of lion hair that's per, the like normal color. If you made him gray, yeah, lots of grays, or thin thin out the mane, have the mane like thinning to show him maybe yeah. being sick. Maybe he's like balding. Well, like maybe being sick type thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's the thing is they it just made it made very little sense because they didn't try any effort to show why he'd be willing to go so far as to be a traitor to the country to help the country. Mm -hmm. um, and why he would go so far to trust Kazuya. It was really annoying. Uh, I do got to admit, it was... I did think uh, Varus or Vargas, sorry. I do think Vargas was actually pretty much just enough. Like, 
young ignorance was his thing. So they didn't have to show us much about right. him. And he was not so prideful to turn his whole city. It was basically him and his honor guard of a hundred. Yeah. Which I thought was nice. Like they showed, they showed one that he realized, oh, I made a mistake. Like, and even knew going into it that he might be making a mistake. So yeah, he didn't use the entire country. And then the fact yeah. he's in front of Kazuya and us and saying like, yo, I messed up, but I have my I'm committed honor. now. <laughs> yeah, I committed now. So uh, I'm going to have to fight you, um, which was nice to show. Like, like I said, they didn't have to get much into him because it was obvious that he was just young ignorance. Like he was a leader who was still in his young years and not entirely intelligent and puts his pride or uh tries to stick to his guns when your guns aren't necessarily right when you're young. Um, I thought it worked pretty well. I do wish we had more engagement with him, but what? Mm -hmm. It was like maybe half an episode of like, yeah. hey, I showed up with yeah, my giant back. ship. And, yeah. uh, and then we talked a bit, and then that's about it. So back, back to Kazuya a little bit, because now that we're talking about the Dukes, what are your thoughts about the slave collars? His... I think it was a plot device. I don't think it matters. Well, but they, he mentions the point of, well, it goes back to the prince, where it's the idea of a country has the tool of cruelties, but it needs to be careful about how it uses the tool of cruelties. And I guess oh, okay. his cruelties, I guess, is the slave collars. Um, okay. I think that's what they're like, oof, this is getting bad. Like the idea of us putting slave collars on people uh, because it straight up kills them if they go against you. Uh so what are your thoughts on the cruelties, him using the slave collars? I think it was a plot device, yeah. <laughs> even with that information that I didn't know uh, or didn't remember that I, I still think it's just a plot device. I, I don't mind the idea, and I think it's an okay I plot device. I think it was an intro for it to matter later, honestly. That's, that's what I'm hoping, because they don't touch on it at all. It's like, oh no, slave collar, that's bad. But they don't, you don't see it being bad. You, they don't talk about, I mean, it, they make you assume, oh, since it can kill the person, it's bad. But they don't, it almost does feel like an introduction to the slave collars, mm -hmm. which is kind of annoying because when you're using it in this big of a use, like he's, he's putting them on two dukes and a bunch of the old, like corrupted nobles and uh, like, these are big people, like they're not nobodies. So it's kind of weird that the first time they're getting implemented is up against like these big, big, like important people. Yeah. I think, see, the most important thing is that Carla, the dragon new, new harem member has a slave collar. So now True. she can never betray him. Yep. Not which will probably come up later. Actually, when, actually uh, that's not entirely accurate. That's not entirely accurate. Oh yeah, she's under. Uh, yeah, he uh, transferred it to the princess. That's true. Now she can't betray the princess, which in essence is you can't betray him, because it'll yeah. it, it'll be that uh, there'll be a plot device where uh, or there'll be a plot point where Carla pretends to betray the king and join the other side. The other side's like, yeah, help us, but she's actually a double agent. Yep, I I could see that totally happening. Um, I could totally see that happening. The idea of using cruelties, to me, it almost didn't feel, though it is cruel, didn't almost feel cruel. 
Like, it's not like he's doing something against the people or something. It's he's putting slave collars on rebellious. Yeah. Like, like I said, it doesn't, it didn't feel like a cruelty. It just felt like a plot point. Yeah. So I don't quite. If you were enslaving huge swaths of people to put them in the army, then that would be a cruelty. Yeah. And maybe that's, I guess they're kind of pointing that out though, where cruelties when used, if you're a country that loves you and you're using cruelties in a way that is just quote unquote justifiable by the people, uh, then it's not a big deal. If you use it in a way that's not, then you get rebellions. Um, Mm -hmm. It just, it just felt, it must better lead up to something else. I mean, the the slave collar kills someone, someone better die to it. Yeah. Like, Show how bad this actually is or how big of a deal it actually is that he used them. Let's get into Kazuya's foil, Gaius. He's supposed to be the foil to Kazuya. Like, he's Mm -hmm. supposed to be the exact opposite. And like I said, the the writer shows how... Horrible dictator. The writer shows how bad of a character he wrote him as by Gaius's own speech, which is... All of you ministers, I I don't quite have it exact, but he says, all you ministers only care about domestic affairs while our neighbor is getting stronger. What's his neighbor doing to get stronger? Only caring caring about domestic affairs. It's so annoying because, I'm sorry, even a stupid king would recognize, like you'd look at your neighbors and see what they're doing. Like you would know the changes they're making. Yeah. It's like... That's how bad the, the writer wrote him. And I'm sure the writer wanted to do it on purpose, but he almost made him too ignorant and too stupid. Like mm-hmm. too much of a muscle brain to where it, it doesn't even feel like an actual foil to Kazuya. It's like he's supposed to be. He's the military guy. Kazuya's the domestic guy. Um, but... Yeah, I think he's supposed to be a joke in the first place. He's just really strong in military. I also think that his existence is to be put out of the way. I think his actual existence is for Roroa. And so the girl, his daughter. Yes. She she's going to be a huge deal later on. She's already said, "Okay, watch out Kazuya cuz I'm coming for you." Mm-hmm. Um cuz apparently the dad said she doesn't care about her family, yet she cried when the dad died. Um but the fact that well, her- obviously he thinks that because she like left him because he, uh, he he probably wanted her to like get married to some crazy thing or uh, train in war, like it's, all of her brothers. It's hard to say because she almost seems young enough that maybe she wasn't able to fulfill her role yet. Um, but yeah, she. I mean, she straight up goes up to I think it's one of her other brothers, that other guy. I actually don't know for sure uh, the, who he is. the minister of finance who got kicked out yeah I which I, I think he's i think he's one of the sons i don't know whoever yeah, that guy I'm is because sure. she walks up to him and is like hey yo we're leaving because they just declared war and yeah. like screw this we're out um but yeah so she straight up shows intelligence she recognizes everything kazuya is doing actually compliments him uh, not to his face but compliments him on everything he's doing she's mm-hmm. trying to like fight against him uh merchant wise financially and then she recognizes right away when they go to march on the empire or not the empire but um when they go to march on kazuya she's like yo as if amadonia's strength wasn't meager enough they want to pare it down even more it's like she even recognizes like we're not strong enough to get into a war we're barely able to defend ourselves as is 
Right. And you guys are like trying to march off and do something. So I think I think his existence partly as a foil to show like the opposite of what Kazuya is, but then it's to set up Roroa, I think is the big one. Um, but uh, okay, let's uh, jump quickly into, uh, we've already talked a decent amount about plot, but we're, let's talk the overarching thing because we've talked about little points. So the overarching plot, what do you think it is? Because all I can figure out is um, family? Yeah, the whole the whole first season tent seems to just be we're we're setting up for the the real plot on a national scale where I included a war. Yeah, it's yeah. All I can come up with is family, like yeah, because the grandpa tells him that people have families so that they don't die alone. Kinda, I get. We're talking idealistic here which is funny because yeah. he's realistic his grandpa was idealistic which maybe that's part of the idea too is maybe he's going to become more idealistic throughout the entire thing that would be interesting uh, i mean his next big big boss to fight is the, the grand empire and she is labeled is, as idealistic is, as uh the, yeah so probably but then he says that if you have a family and protect them you'll feel as though you had a good life. Like that was not word for word, but um, sure. I don't know that I fully agree. Once again, it's idealistic. Yeah. But that's the only thing I can come up with what the, the main plot point is to it. It's like he yeah. grows his family. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's I don't not, know. There's not a huge, a lot of movement in that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe it is just a, a, a show that is definitely reaching for more content. I mean, season two is coming. Yeah. When this comes out. Second season. So. Yeah, when this comes out, it'll be starting up almost right away. And maybe we'll see more. I think in a week. I think it's literally this is going out like the first week that shows are coming out. So, uh, okay. well, hopefully see more about plot. Uh, I mean, if you just say the general show plot, I think overarching the idea is family which i don't know sure. how much i yeah okay well i mean we're just gonna add the harem it's, it's, it's harem. family just, harem just call it harem not family i mean i guess technically uh tomo was it just, uh, tomoe. well we're thinking yeah. tomo actually it is tomoe <laughs> yeah tomoe not the one from uh moonlight fantasy but uh <laughs> tomoe is more of a sister like treats her like a sister so she's not entirely yeah. harem but Right. Because uh, I think the harem at this point is uh, the princess, Aisha, Juna. I think it's those three. I don't yeah, think there's and any. And then uh, you know it's going to be Carla. Carla's going to get added. Yeah. That's already kind of become pretty obvious. Uh, so, I mean, it seems like that's kind of what they're going for is this idea of family. They tried to wrap up on the last episode him being like, oh, grandpa's right. I'm, I'm kind of happy and I've got my little family now. I'm going to um, protect them. Yeah, I'll protect them somehow. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Plot-wise past that, they have barely touched the surface of what I'm assuming is supposed to be outside of that, the main plot, which is resolving something with the demons. Yeah. So, More than likely 
committing diplomacy against them. Yeah. Because now we have somebody who can talk to them. Yeah, that entire thing that they just drop and then don't touch again. <laughs> uh, but, oh, oh, well. All right, let's just, if you don't have anything else, let's get into hit picks. Um, okay, go ahead. Um, so the first one I'm going to go with is, uh, yes, thank you for recognizing that if you get summoned to another world, you're going to be mad. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they immediately acknowledge, like, please, please don't immediately hit us. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're sorry if you're mad. It's like, of course I'm mad. You literally pulled me out of nowhere into another world. Yeah. But okay, I'll listen to you first before I get super mad. But On thank the plus you for- side, they, un- they can understand each other for one. Yeah. Which, uh, oh yeah, and- that, we didn't even talk about that power of his. The fact that he can, has auto-translated for him. Uh, but only him. Only him. What people are saying, what he's saying, and then like what he reads or uh, mm-hmm. um, what he can write. He can auto-translate as he's going. So it's nifty. Uh, I don't know if you had a hit pick. Um, no, I just kind of wanted to try these lily root, like steamed lily root things, oh. but I have no idea how I would be able to acquire those. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to try these. Um, I actually wonder if you can get them in like an Asian market. I might have to go to the Asian market this week and uh, mm-hmm. see if I can find Let them. They sound delicious. Uh, no, uh, the Puppet Adventure. I love everything about the Puppet Adventure. It's great. He's got he's got a girl falling in love with him. I, I, I do I do appreciate the fact that he's got a girl falling in love with him. I think the Puppet Adventure looks kind of stupid though. He, oh, he looks stupid, but he's, he's just a bean. I think it's a pretty decent uh, comic relief though. Like, sure. I do sure. wish they they kind. I don't know. The Puppet Adventure is a little weird because at first I'm like, why why would he create it? He says, in essence, he did it for fun, but mm-hmm. he seems to have very particular plans for it at the same time. Um, it's like, yeah, hey, I wanted to explore the tunnels underneath the city. Well, why? I'm sure he has yeah. a plan on why. And then they mentioned that. He, then he mentions that he uh, uses it with the uh, the things to get people to like avoid the border. It seems like he has a plan for it, but at the same time, he doesn't. Uh, but it's a great comic relief. Uh, yeah. Okay. Especially with the chick. I, I'm waiting for the day that she finds out it's a puppet, if ever that happens. Or that she she's actually his consciousness has been possessing it, so now she's actually in love with the king. Uh that's that's probably what it'll come to. Uh it'll probably turn into an extra person in the harem. Um but no, I've I found it a great comic relief. Uh if you don't have any more, I guess nitpicks. Uh I have a feeling you've got a few of these. Go ahead. <laughs> So, uh, episode three, uh, Lorelai, the June. Yeah, June. Yeah. They mention that everyone in the entire world speaks the same language, except the demon kings at some point. Yeah. So, but she's able to repeat a song immediately in a language she doesn't speak and isn't surprised that she can do that at all uh languages that don't exist that aren't the language is a surprise in itself yeah the fact that she can repeat it perfectly is a an absurd abs- pull yeah so uh, i 
kind of get some of why why she could sing it because she's paying attention to the phonetics, not like the words or whatever. Sure, which is something but that she's unsurprised that a that she can do it and b that it's fine. But also, the whole kingdom gets hyped up hearing her sing this song they can't understand. Yeah, that's. I think that's part of it. They're trying to do the whole power of music thing, but it's like, okay, first off, no one's shocked that, yeah, this you're listening to a language that you're listening to gibberish. Yeah, basically, so, from other people's perspective. So why, yeah, they don't. Uh, you can hear the tones, sure. It's, I'm sure it's a pleasant song. It, it but is, without the subtitles, like nobody can understand it. Yeah, yeah, it is a little uh, once again idealistic, I guess. Mm -hmm. It is a little weird. Um, one um, of my one of my nitpicks from that uh, section, actually, real quick, is uh, why are there only five talented people? Right. You're you're trying to hire people for an entire country. You need lots of different talents, lots of different people, and you only have five. Like they could have shown you know 20 or something and then just focused on the five like yeah only five people you're serious like how many other times we've got we've got 20 generic men and then these five care individual characters what about like the master wood uh like um master like carpenter your master like mason you're like these guys who are by far the, the best builder. at their craft uh yeah. that you need because you're trying to build infrastructure um no, it was just these five people. It's like, like I said, all they would have had to do was show like, say, 20 people there or whatever. Yeah, in the and background then, and then just cut the scene. Yeah, and focus on the five. Um, it, it, that felt a little, a little bit, yeah. Whatever. Poncho for his thing of ending every sentence with hi. Yeah, it was a little annoying. I also find his, uh, his lack of self-confidence getting old. Um, yes just a bit you've been acknowledged you've people have shown you being successful now you dedicated your life to this previously you've never shown any indication of being bullied other than the thing laughing at you well but yeah. you left that you left that one village that laughed at you well and part of it also is a lot of people i know like if you're focused so die hard on one thing like that you have such a passion for it that your self-consciousness kind of goes away when you're talking about it mm -hmm. and they still make him a little like they kind of show it a bit talking about the thing he's passionate about yeah it's like they kind of show it a bit with the show where like when they're actually doing the like showing ingredients or whatever he's a little bit more straightforward but you think yeah mm -hmm. it's getting old make him make him not have that as much going forward please yes see oh one of the ones i uh, had was cool the gemstone rune that's a cool thing why does it have it why does it even exist you can apparently take gemstones anywhere and transmit from anywhere why have this giant gemstone rune why what's it matter it's the part that bugs me They're like yeah we have this gemstone gemstone rune that like he does holiday things from or whatever cool they go use it and then from then on they just have like apparently portable ones that they can take anywhere it's like, and the thing is, if this was like, if this showed that he, he made that choice, like, Hey, can we do this anywhere? Wouldn't be as big a deal, but right. they also show like people have those little things in their house, which is where it, it can transmit from. Yeah. You can have a, you have a personal TV basically. So I would imagine that that already existed then. So yeah. that bugged me a little bit. It's like, you didn't have to emphasize it so much then. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
uh, I've got one that's annoying. Uh, in episode six, they mention that the land army has a hundred thousand people in it. The sea army has ten thousand, and the air army has one thousand. The king's army has forty thousand. I didn't think. I didn't. They think... listed them directly. I don't and remember I wrote the army them down being... and checked. Okay, the army I don't remember being that big. Um... Later in episode ten, they mention that uh, the regular army has forty thousand. The and Carmine's army. No, wait. Carmine's army has forty thousand, and Soma's army has ten thousand. Yeah, because what I thought, what I thought it was was that Carmine had 40. What I thought it was was it was 100,000 total across everyone. And it was Carmine was 40. Um, Casio was uh, 10. Like, it, it totaled up to uh, 100. But, yeah, maybe they messed that up translation-wise. Nope, they definitely changed the, the amount. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, because that's what I thought was it was totaling up to that. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, I do find it funny. What do they say that, like, there's a 1,000 in the air but it was like a hundred soldiers to one like is how strong they're supposed yeah, to be yeah they were wor worth a hundred soldiers or something for each I'm, air I'm, soldier I'm, which I'm makes sorry. sense because like air dropping fire well, bombs and stuff at people well but i guess that depends because if there's one mage in that hundred I yeah have a can, feel you, can you shoot down a can you shoot down a dragon yeah yeah that's fair so it, it was a little like okay i guess if we're talking like a general foot soldier Maybe it's a hundred to one because yes, you dropped two bombs and like you just took out a hundred guys or whatever. But mm -hmm. it, it, they also mentioned that there's a bunch of mages. I forget what, how often they said there's a mage, but I think they did classify like how many mages there were. Um, yeah, that is a bit stupid that they changed it. Uh, okay, here's one of the other nitpicks I had. Hey, Hakuya, you need to go take a break because then your followers won't take a break. So how about you go take the princess to the town? Uh, on a date cool yeah i'll go do that hey let's dress up in disguise and go into the town so that no one notices us going to the town <laughs> right the whole point was that people see you taking a break yeah. and you dress up in the disguise so nobody knows you went on break <laughs> it literally defeats the whole point it's like hakuya wanted you to be seen and it just doesn't come up it's not like hakuya later it's like yo dude would you when did you where did you go all day yeah uh, it's like oh i was in town taking a break like nobody saw you what uh, yeah none of the king castle people who are working they just thought you were holed up in your room doing more work so they couldn't leave yeah it's it was just so it's just the fact they didn't address it at all it it almost does seem like the writer even didn't even think about it he's like oh he's going into town he needs to to disguise or else People. I suppose you could have made the announcement or the the be seen leaving in disguise and say, "All right, all my subjects, I'm going into town in disguise." <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, it just it made no sense. It was like this is entirely. It defeats the point. It defeats the point. I don't know if you have any more nitpicks. Uh, last names are terrible. Especially on the beast can. Do you what? know what Katia's last name is? Hal's girlfriend? What? Foxia. Oh. Huh. Do you know what the last name of Tome is? 
Uh, I actually have it written here. Uh, but what is it? Uh, you, it's I do write it down. It's a new A. Yeah. So wolf something, wolfy, basically. I think A isn't it, a new it, A like dog. It's dog. It's yeah. yeah you're right. It's but dog. same idea. Same idea. Yeah. No, that is a poor poor writing. <laughs> Pretty poor Come writing. Come on. Anything. Anything but like well, animal I mean, related. I, mean, I don't think it's just them though. But yeah, last names in general. Because uh, what's Poncho's last name? I don't know. Panacotta. Oh, God, everybody's <laughs> last name is terrible. I assumed it was bad, but... I don't... Juno's uh, is Doma, which I... Maybe that's something I don't know, like, translation-wise. Hmm. Aisha's Udgard. Like, okay, let's Udgard. just pull... Let's Udgard. Just pull, yeah, Udgard. All the evil uh, nobles they kicked out, the Carmine captured, have mustaches. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that just was something just... I wrote down. <laughs> I don't, is that almost more of a hit pick? It's like they. Just I think have, it's more of a hit pick. I was like, they all have mustaches. <laughs> oh, one of them has a beard. I think. Yeah, it's they almost went for all the like pervy slash like the stereotypical bad guy mustaches, mm -hmm. uh, which is just great. Love it. Well, I guess with that we will wrap up this episode of anime digression. Once again, if you want to watch how a realist hero rebuilt the kingdom, um, it is available on Funimation. And a uh, new season's coming up for it, so uh, if you found it interesting or uh, liked it, new season's Give airing. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be on Funimation again. I don't know. I don't think they've announced, but it'll probably be on Funimation again. Um, let us know how we did and how you liked the episode. You can email us at animedigression at gmail.com or tweet at us at animedigression. Uh, once again, next time we are doing Comey Can't Communicate, which is available on Netflix. So watch that and let us know what other shows you would like us to cover as the new season approaches. With that, uh, <laughs> thank you all so much for uh, listening. And uh, hopefully we will see you all at another episode. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>